You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KCCZ LP Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Thanks for checking out this podcast on Lone Star Community Radio. If you like this show or other shows on Lone Star Community Radio, make sure to subscribe them on youtube and itunes and also google play uh if you have any questions about sponsorships or being a guest on these kind of shows make sure you email me i'm the station manager hi my name is dick and you can email me at dick at irlonestar.com or you can call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776 just want to let you know we're here to support montgomery county and i hope you enjoy the show Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Jake from Sports Talk. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Jake from Sports Talk here at Lone Star Community Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Jake LaFleur. Glad to have you join me today for another live broadcast from the Lone Star Community Radio studio in beautiful downtown Conroe, Texas. You can always hear the show live every Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m. on Conroe's FM 104.5 or 106.1. Or if you happen to be driving through Montgomery County and you hear this amazing sports talk and you say to yourself, I want more, I need more, then go and listen live on the interwebs at at IRLoneStar.com where you can check out this live stream, live broadcast, or you can download the app on uh, Google Play or iTunes, and uh, you can see everything that Montgomery County radio station, Lone Star Community Radio, has to offer to all the listeners all around the world. And don't forget, uh, you can follow the show on all of the social media outlets like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google Play, or iTunes, where you can follow, like, and subscribe to the show and never miss an episode of my beautiful chaos that I call Sports Talk Show. And don't forget, you can also get involved with the uh, with the live shows. Just send me a message at Facebook at Jake from Sports Talk, or you can email me at Jake from Sports Talk at gmail.com. All right, there's all my plugs. Station manager Dick is happy. Got a big old smile on his face. And he's making groaning noises now. That's gross. All right, let's get into it. Well, we have seen the beginning of the end to the start of football season. I know that's kind of confusing, both college and NFL have now completed at least one week of football. And, yeah, we, we learned quite a bit this past weekend, and we've got a lot of uh, overreactions to address. Uh, but I think more so we've got a lot to confirm. A lot of things that we maybe didn't know prior to this week, but we saw some great things, and I really don't believe they're overreactions, and I, and I think we're going to see them continue as the seasons carry on. So we'll get into that going to be a lot of NFL talk going on, uh, you know, basically for the next 16 weeks. Uh, today, we do have our NFL expert in the second segment, Mr. Moneybag Mikes, with Mike's Likes steering the uh, the second segment. Glad to have him back on this week. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully we can get that going every week and we can make it a staple here at this show. Uh, we will also talk um, a lot, of, just a lot about what we saw this past weekend and some you know, fun events that are coming up this upcoming weekend within the football world. So, but now let's uh, start off the show as we do every week. Let's get into our week in a wrap. Let's get it on. Here we go. Uh, 
First, an update on the Ezekiel Elliott battle with the NFL. The Players Association filed a preliminary injunction request with the U.S. uh, 5th District Court in order to place a pause on Elliott's six-game suspension. On Friday, Judge Amos Mazant, Mazant, Mr. Mr. Mazant, I'm probably butchering your last name, so I apologize. Um, Mr. Mazant, the the third, he's he's the third one, so to all the Mazants out there, I apologize. Uh, He granted Elliott the injunction and will ultimately allow Zeke to play until the the case goes through its full legal process. So all it basically says is that, hey, look, you we're, we're putting a pause on the uh, six game suspension until it has all the legal matters have been resolved. Uh, we'll get into the uh, Giants Cowboys and how much um, that played a factor this you know later in this segment or in uh, the third segment. but this is huge for the Cowboys. Uh, what you saw on sun, uh, Sunday Night Football was a complete Cowboys team on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense still has some holes, and I think can still, um, I think we saw more of, of a negative on the Giants' side rather than a positive on the Cowboys defensively. But the offense, uh, with Zeke in there, I don't think that the, the Dak-Zeke combo is going to be one that's easy to beat. Um, you're going to have to challenge uh, Dak a lot, but with Zeke there and the potential to play a full season because for it to go through this entire appeal process, we've seen this before with Tom Brady. When Tom Brady went and did this same exact move with the deflate gate and basically pushed off a whole year worth of, of playing, or well, he got to play for a whole year while this whole process was going on and got to put the pause on his six-game suspension or on his four-game suspension, we, we, we kind of see this ground of, you know, we know where this is going to head. He's probably going to end up playing a full year, and he may serve it if not the full six games, he may serve some portion of it starting next season. So that's, this is huge for the Cowboys and all Cowboy fans out there. And as an organization, uh, the players association, this is a little win for them as well, going head to head against uh, Goodell. So we will, um, we'll we'll see how everything plays, how everything will end up playing out there. Uh, The NFL has not come, has not commented on this, but they have, uh, already shown that they're taking steps to overturn or reverse Judge Monzon's ruling. So we'll see how that plays out. All right, uh, next, Cleveland Indians win their 20th straight game last night in a 2 to nothing win over the uh, Detroit Tigers. This is truly a historic run, trying uh, tying for the third longest uh, streak, winning streak in MLB history, and they are playing today. Uh, against the Tigers again, and they are going. They're in a day game. They've already started. I'm trying to pull up the uh, the score to get an update for you guys. Uh, if they win today, they'll they'll tie the longest streak in MLB history with the 1938 Cubs of 21 games. Uh, there is a streak of 26. Uh, I want to say it was the um, the Giants back when they were. Um, not not the San Francisco Giants, obviously. I'm trying to I can't remember. I'm drawing a blank on the where they were located. It was New York, I think. I think they were the New York Giants back then, back in the day. Uh they had a streak of twenty six, but that one has an asterisk next to it. And the reason why it has an asterisk is because they actually tied their twelfth win, because back then they didn't go past twelve innings. So they tied their twelfth win and then continued on the streak afterwards. 
Um, yeah, here's the update. So Indians, we're in the uh, top of the sixth. They are up four to two right now. Uh, Tigers have a man on second with no outs. So I will keep giving you updates as that goes along. Uh, if they if they win this, this will be huge. And I, you know, I'm I'm not one who hides it. I am a Red Sox fan, but I would like to see them get to 22 just because I like to see the history of it. Baseball is not very exciting, but when something like this comes on, comes along, that that's a huge, huge excitement for not just baseball fans, but also for, you know, just the average sports fan as well. Um, and then Terry Fracona, you got to look at it from his aspect. He's, he broke the, the curse of the Bambino for the Red Sox and took him to two World Series. And now he could potentially hold uh, the longest win streak in MLB history. And it's probably something uh, you never want to say never, right? But it's probably something that'll never get beaten. Um, that uh, heck, the 1938 Cubs 21 game win streak has never even been tied up to this point. So you know, that's it, that shows how difficult this is, and it's it's kind of fun to watch. I, I'm really uh, it's it's really exciting. So and then going from from really good to really bad, uh, the LA Dodgers finally you know break get off the snod. You know they break their 11 game losing streak yesterday with a win. Against San Francisco Giants, Kershaw got his 17th W on the year with six Ks through six innings. Um, here's the thing I got to say about this, though, real quick. The fans of both the Dodgers and the Indians, I wouldn't read too much into these streaks. Yes, the Indians, this is fun. This is awesome. Very good. Very glad for y'all that y'all get to, you know, as a fan of your team, you get to experience this. But the power rankings are throwing the Indians up there as number one in the AL, and the funny, finicky thing about baseball is that things can change in an instant. Look at the Dodgers, for example. The Dodgers, hottest team over the entire summer. Summer, it, it's not officially over, but with school back in, it's kind of over. With summer over, now they're, they go on an 11-game losing streak, and they're potentially putting a threat into their um, best record in MLB. But again, it, it just... That's how quickly baseball can change, and that's how quickly outcomes can change for you know any team at any given moment in time. The worst of worst teams can go on a on a tearing streak through thirty games and go twenty can go twenty five and five over a thirty game streak, and then the best of best teams like the Dodgers can go on an eleven game losing streak with Kershaw taking two of those W's actually two of those W's. So glad to see him get the W last night. That was his seventeenth win. I think he is the front runner for your um, NL or yeah your NL Cy Young, so we'll see how that how that plays out there. I'm not gonna you know go into too too much detail about the Cy Young stuff. So now NBA has been quiet for quite some time now with the startup of, of preseason preseason for football and then the actual seasons for college and pro football. Um, but we got some you know rather interesting news coming out yesterday from the Lakers. So the Lakers announced yesterday that they will retire Kobe Bryant's numbers. Yes, you heard me correctly. Not singular, but plural. They will retire his numbers. And, oh boy, technical difficulties going on here in the studio. Computer crashing in on this. So, yes, they're going to retire both his number 8 and number 24. Now, a lot of people forget the fact that uh, Kobe actually, yeah, he started out his career as number 24 and or sorry as number eight not number 24 um but he switched after 10 years 
wearing number eight to number 24. And I got some, uh, I got some numbers here, some stats for you guys. So, um, here we go. Where are we at? There we are. Got the computer back up and running. We're good, Dick. We're good. So he'll be the first player to have two numbers retired uh, by a single team. And then when you look at the numbers from both sides, he played uh, 10 years under both. He had 688 more points out of a total of 32, or, or, no, almost 34,000. Almost 34,000 total points in his career. He had 688 more points in the number eight jersey rather than number 24. He had one more all-star appearance and one more league MVP in number 24. And then the, I think the most, not the most important, but I think what most people will focus in on, um, he had three of his championships uh, in number eight while only two wearing number 24. So, they're, I mean, overall, they're, they're very even in aspects and, and what, uh, what everybody's doing and everything like that. But um, the funny thing coming from, from what he said, he, he was asked in an interview, you know, which number would you take? And Kobe being Kobe, and, and Kobe is rather arrogant at times, but it's more of a, it's, he's just got so much confidence because he's so good. You know, he, he's, one of the, he's one of the best players to ever play this game. And uh, so he's kind of allowed a leeway of somewhat of arrogance. But when he was asked which number they thought, he thought that they would retire, whether it would be eight or number 24, he said, quote, whichever number is chosen, it'll be pretty hard for someone else to wear the other one. Again, in, end quote. Again, that's very, you know, cocky and arrogant on his part, but you, you got to allow it and you got to understand it. And he's right. How could you wear number eight and feel okay with that, even though number 24 is retired and not number eight? And vice versa, same thing. Uh, I, I would say that if I had to pick between one or the two, I would pick number 24 to retire because I think more people, especially the younger generations, have they identify Kobe as 2 4 and not as eight. But if the Lakers see him as worthy of retiring both, then I would, obviously, they're worthy. He's worthy of, he's done so much for that franchise, and he is, he is obviously worthy of having the two numbers retired for the Lakers' perspective. All right, now, we're going to, uh, the only thing I would say, the only thing I would say is, though, if they do, and not if, when they do, create a bust for, uh, for him, I, all they have to do is not hire the bust artist that did Cristiano Ronaldo's head bust. If you are watching on YouTube, the replay and everything like that, or on our city TV up here in Montgomery County, then you will see this bust that I'm about to show up on the uh, cameras. But if you're listening on radio, just go Google Cristiano Ronaldo bust. And you will see how bad this thing truly is. All right, Dick, switch it on over. <laughs> Dick, have you ever seen this bus before? Yes, I have. This is hilarious. It, it, he, if so, if you're watching on TV or if you're googling this along with me as you listen live, his eyeballs are literally like, like one eyeball is lower than the other, and one eye is looking down while the other one's looking up. I. I I don't want to say the artist's name. There's something full. There's a full, there's got to be a story to it. Because there has to be. If there's like a a fan who made it, I get it. But I think they actually put this somewhere. No, this is a real like, like they dedicated. They had a ribbon yeah. cutting for this. Like they dedicated this to Cristiano Ronaldo, 
And you can see on, on the image, you can see the comparison of his real <laughs> face compared to the bust. Oh, it, it cracks me up every time. So Lakers will be coming in, and we're going to close out the uh, show with a funny, um, a funny video from the Lakers uh, <laughs> president of operations, Magic Johnson, giving an explanation for his, uh, for his uh, alleged part in the, and I don't want to ruin it, the alleged part in the tampering uh, causes, you know, investigation and everything like that. So, uh, but right now we're going to take a break. We got to get Mr. Moneybags Mike coming in next segment here on Jake from Sports Talk on 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for a summer internship, Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to learn the radio and TV business. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world. And we'll welcome back to Jake from Sports Talk here on Lone Star Community Radio. Coming from coming to you live from the Lone Star Community Radio studios from downtown beautiful Conroe. Glad to have you in. And we've got our next guest coming up. And uh, if you want to get in and talk to him, um, you know, send me a message and, and see what he says. And, uh, you know, find out if he likes your uh, your team this week or whatever. Send me a message at uh, YouTube or sorry at Facebook at Jake from Sports Talk or email me at Jake from Sports Talk at gmail.com and I'll try to get you uh, try to get your question in there for Mister Moneybag Mike's here on the Mike's Like segment. How you going? How you doing, Mike? Hey, how's it going, Jake? Going well, bud. How, how was your weekend? Uh, I was pretty good. Yeah, not I, too bad. I mean, we uh, we came out pretty well here uh, week one. I was going to say we 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 we, uh, we did pretty favorable in this uh, in our first picks from the week one. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take five and one. That's not bad, right? That's not bad. So uh, yeah, I gotta say, uh, I was gonna say, uh, good, uh, good work to your Bengals there. Yeah, I, I, I was about to, I was about to comment on that. Yes, yes, my <laughs> Bengals. You know, uh, what, what's the PG way to say this? Poop the bed. Yeah, it was not yeah, good. Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen a team 
look that bad on a season opener in a while. Well, I mean, you, you got to consider the Texans in there from this uh, past weekend as well, too. So, well, good good news they're playing each other, so someone's got to win on Thursday night. Yeah, this Thursday night game is going to be horrendous to watch. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. What, what was the what was the one actual L that you took from from this past weekend? Um, honestly, I think the one big takeaway that I have is a lot of the teams are a lot more. I would say evenly matched overall than I expected. You know, a lot of games like the Steelers and Browns, mm-hmm. a lot of closer match with the Jaguars, obviously against the Texans. I didn't expect uh, that game to be so, so one-sided, but um, I think this year, especially these, a lot of these bottom teams that have been there for a long, long time, are going to start improving and we're going to start to see a lot of the top teams starting to decline. And a lot of the bottom teams starting to come up. Yeah. So do you, I guess, what do you, what do you take out of the uh, Thursday night game from last week with the uh, Patriots versus the chiefs? Well, uh, that's, you know, that kind of leads me into one of my first games that I wanted to talk about. But that game was uh, very surprising to me, obviously. Um, you know, you don't expect the Patriots to lose at all, um, especially in New England. And um, Yeah, to not 42 that, to 27. That, yeah, to lose by that big of a margin. Um, you know, obviously it was close leading into half, but that whole second half, they really they really got beat up. And especially the defense, they they played really well last year. And they, they looked, uh, they didn't look up to par. So, um it is a concern to see that, um, but we'll definitely see how they come out this week. Yeah, and so like you said, that, that kind of leads you into uh, the, the first kind of picks that we're going to do this week. And how we're going to do it this week is a little different, guys, from last week. Instead of doing uh, the three he likes and the three he dislikes, we're going to go with the power five. Uh, and the one of the power five that we have going, and I do see the Chiefs here, it's Eagles at Chiefs. What do you like there? Um, so... Uh, both teams obviously won in week one. Uh, the Eagles took down the Redskins, and obviously we just talked about the Chiefs uh, taking down the Patriots. Um, so one of these teams is going to end up being 2-0. and I think both look pretty good in their season opener, but obviously the Chiefs just looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Kareem Hunt, a rookie running back out of Toledo, he looks like he's going to be a star. He's the, he's the lead back now there. He had uh, something going on, 40 fantasy points, so he beat me up. Uh, I was playing against him <laughs> in fantasy this week, but... Um, but I was also really impressed by the Chiefs' defense. Um, you know, there were a lot of questions there. They're getting a little bit older, so I wasn't sure how they were going to come out against the Patriots team, and they, they looked really, really good. Yeah. Um, one big red flag for me, I mean, Eric Berry, their Pro Bowl safety, he did get hurt for the rest of the season in that game, so that's actually a huge blow to the Chiefs' defense. But um, I still feel like them at home now in Arrowhead, they have one of the best records at home. I think Carson Wentz, still an upcoming star, but still has those kind of second-year mistakes and – I think he's going to have some turnovers, and the Chiefs are going to win, I think, by between 7 to 10 points. Okay. I, yeah, I'm, I might actually go a little uh, little higher on that. I don't know if the Eagles offense – I think we kind of saw – they put up 30 points this last weekend. I think that was kind of a uh, more of a discredit to the uh, Redskins' defense. So, I agree. All right, now we got Pats at Saints this weekend. Uh, yep. What do you like out of there? That's our number two in, in the Power Five. Right. So um, – Obviously, you look at two really high-powered offenses, and I know the Saints are, are very good at home. Um, they still have Drew Brees, but I look at the um, the Monday night game against the Saints and the Vikings, and Sam Bradford threw for over 350 yards. The Vikings really tore the Saints up, and the Vikings are not really known as a high-powered offense. So I just can't imagine Tom Brady um, already 0-1, you know, fired up for getting a loss. I think he's going to go and really tear apart this New Orleans defense. Um, I'm seeing a really high-scoring game. Obviously, I think they're going to trade touchdowns for a while, but 
I think eventually the Patriots are going to overwhelm them, probably something like a 45 to 30, you know, that type of high-scoring win. Yeah, um, and then the uh, Patriots' win percentage coming off of a uh, off of a loss, it, there it's like uh, I can't find the number now. I looked it up earlier and I can't find. It's something ridiculous. Like they they lose, they they hardly ever lose with Tom Brady two weeks in a row. Right, and they have they play Thursday night, so they have a full week and a half to to prepare for this. So. Um, yeah, I think they're going to go in and take care of business. All right. Uh, now, you briefly mentioned the Vikings offense, you know, kind of demolishing, and Sam Bradford just looking really good against that Saints defense. Do you think that was a fluke in your uh, in the next one up in the Power Five? Um, I don't want to say it's a fluke. I mean, the Saints defense is, has been poor for a long time, so we can't give Sam Bradford and the Vikings offense too much credit. But um, this week they are going into Pittsburgh. I think this is – a really fun game to watch this week. Um, you know, two really good teams, two obviously potential playoff teams. But the Vikings are plus six and a half. I mean, the Steelers would have to win by seven or more. Um, I think that is a very high spread considering the Steelers coming out and really only beating the Browns by three points. Yeah. Um, the Steelers' offense looked definitely not what we're used to with all the high power, you know, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and all these weapons. You expected them to win by a lot more. Um, they scored 21 points, and actually seven of those were on a block punt for a touchdown. So their offense really only scored 14 points against the Cleveland Browns. So that concerns me, and the Vikings defense uh, really dominated Drew Brees. And if they can dominate Drew Brees, I mean, they can handle anybody. Well, and, um, so, and Pittsburgh's offensive line did not look that good against the Browns. No, no. And I think the Browns, again, as I said last week, the Browns do have a, a lot of rookies and an upcoming defense, but they should have looked far better if they're going to try and be a, a Super Bowl team or a playoff team. Um, so I think the Vikings definitely cover the spread. Um, but if you want to get a kind of a sneaky bet in here, I think the Vikings to win uh, would get you some pretty good odds, and I think that has a pretty good chance of happening. All right. And then uh, the Packers and the Falcons are our Sunday night game. Uh, what, what do you think about the Packers there in that one? You know, w- after they kind of manhandled that uh, that Seahawks team there and wore down that defense. Yeah, I think this is an exciting game to watch. Obviously, two of the top teams in the NFC uh, both won their first week, so it's going to be a fun Sunday night game to watch. Um, yeah, as you said, the Packers really did beat up Seattle, and I think Seattle still has some offensive line problems, and their offense is not kind of what it was three or four years ago, but I'm honestly more concerned about the Falcons' offense, um, You know what they were last year, this high-powered, 40, 50 points a game offense, and they played the Bears last week, and they they struggled. I mean, they had a, they needed a lot of long 80 plus yard touchdown passes, um, and they almost lost the game in the end. They mm-hmm. had a uh, Bears had a first and goal on the five, and they had to stop them four times from getting in to win the game, and they ended up pulling it out. But um, with Kyle Shanahan now gone to the 49ers, I think their offense might not be as high powered as it was last year. Yeah. Um, so I think anytime the Packers are getting two and a half points, I think anytime the Aaron Rodgers is favored, uh, you you go for that. You go running for Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Um, but I think the Packers uh, will take this one down. I think it'll be a close game, but I think the Packers go into Atlanta and win. Yeah, I mean, just how good that Seahawks defense played, and and a lot of people look at that score at the end of the game. And they're like, oh, it was it, you know, it was a blowout. Now I, I really got to say that the the Seahawks defense just was on the field way too much, and and they were just they were dead tired because their offense couldn't maintain control of the ball. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was zero zero at halftime. Yeah. So it was definitely a struggle to start the game. Another offense that I'm very concerned about personally is the offense that'll be taking the field in the Monday night game against the lions. 
Uh, that's the Giants <laughs> versus the Lions. The Giants look pitiful. I was hoping this last you were week. talking about the Giants. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think of that Monday night game? Um, well, obviously the Giants Cowboys, you know, one of the games I predicted, uh, was the Cowboys beating the Giants and that did happen in week one. Um, I did not expect the Giants offense to look that, uh, bad. You know, they really, really struggled to move the ball. Um, the Cowboys defense has always had question marks, um, but they really struggled. And I think, you know, one of the main reasons they struggled is Odell Beckham did not play in that game Monday night. And I think he gets, I mean, obviously he's, uh, an amazing player, but they, they you don't realize how much he has to do with the uh, Giants offense. Not just him getting the ball and scoring his 70-yard touchdowns, but when he's in the game, he gets double covered. Uh, that opens up other receivers. It opens up the running game. And, um, you know, I think this week with him back in, uh, they're going to look, you know, much more improved as an offense. Yeah, my, my biggest concern out of this, though, would be that um, – would just be the fact that the offensive line for the Giants just looked piss poor. Uh, against yeah. against the Cowboys, you know, front front seven, front four, most of the time, I mean, they're not known for their their power up front on the defensive line. So I, that that's a big concern for me going into this game. Uh, and I'll, yeah. I'll I'll have to see how Odell does um, going coming off of this injury and if his ankle is 100 percent yet. Yeah, luckily he's getting you know a full Monday nighter again, so he's mm-hmm. getting as many days as possible to uh, to get better. And I think. You know, if he is in the game, um, you know, I think the Lions did actually play very well against the Cardinals last yeah. week. Uh, but then the Giants will put it together. They really need this win. You know, it's very hard to start out 0-2 and, um, and then win the division or make the playoffs. I think they're going to play with a different type of uh, urgency, and they're going to uh, get the job done at home. Yeah, and then just real quick on the Cowboys. I, I know this isn't part of the uh, Power Six, but, yeah, um, uh, man, I, the Ezekiel Elliott being able to play probably the entire season, how big of an impact does that have for the Cowboys and, and their season going forward? It's it's an unbelievable impact. Um, it's amazing how one guy can make a difference to a team where with him they're 12-4 and four and without them they're like potentially a 9-17. and 17. Yeah. Um, he is everything. Obviously, very similar to Odell Beckham. There just always has to be two guys focused on Ezekiel Elliott and that opens up Dak Prescott to roll out and run himself or it opens up um, guys in the passing game and Des Bryant, so it changes their offense completely. Um, I think it changes their entire outlook for the season. Um, they looked very good against the Giants, especially even defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're they're the team to beat in the uh, NFC East. Yeah, sad sad to say those Cowgirls look good. Sad to say, <laughs> tough uh, to say, but you got to give them credit. You got to give them credit where credit's due, right? All right, Mr. Moneybag yep. Mike, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again next week. You got it, Jake. Have a good one. All right, you too. All right, guys, that was uh, Mike's Likes with uh, Moneybag Mike here on Lone Star Community Radio's Jake from Sports Talk. And we are going to go to our half-hour break, and we will be back shortly. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out ourlonestar.com slash sponsor for more information or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. This is Rick TRC. 
every Monday through Friday from 3 to 7. I play today's country hits on my show, Afternoons with Lone Star, the type of music that makes you want to get off your seat, stomp your feet, sing along at the top of your lungs, and not care who hears on Lone Star Community Radio, Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1, and as always on Worldwide, IRLoneStar.com. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Jake from Sports Talk here on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Glad to have Mr. Moneybag Mike in here with us. That was a that was a fun segment. I enjoyed that. He's very insightful. We haven't made it this far in the song before. That's really, I like that little right there at that part. That was good. No, yeah, glad to have him in. I, I, love, I love talking to, you know, People who know a lot about the sport, and uh, and he he's just very insightful about it. Uh, so again, I, I want the continuous feedback. Message me on all the social media sites. Let me know what you think of Mr. Moneybag Mike, and uh, and we can uh, we we'll, we'll keep tinkering it, making it better week by week, and and we'll uh, I really I really hope to have him on every week. It'll be a lot of fun. So, all right, going into our third segment now, we're gonna kind of hash over some of the things that we saw this past weekend from the football world, both NFL and pros. And we're going to start off with the NFL. And we talked with Mike uh, about that Patriots versus Chiefs game. Uh, Chiefs won 42 to 27. And it was a just a huge, huge victory. And something that we just, if we've never seen from Alex Smith, the quarterback um, for the Kansas City Chiefs, he's known as this, you know, dump checkoff quarterback that, he constantly hits the check man. He constantly checks it down. No more passes longer than seven yards. And it's just, it's real snappy, quick, you know, throws constantly. He's never sitting in the pocket for more than, you know, three seconds maximum. And he because of that, he doesn't take a whole lot of hits. But a lot of the times, he'll connect for these two to three yard passes. And, you know, the yak on the play will be maybe a yard, two max. And it causes a lot of, you know, they'll get down the field, but they won't ever get into the end zone or, you know, they'll get to where they can get a, a field goal or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. But what we saw last Thursday and in, in his deep ball ability, I've never seen him. I didn't even know he could do that. I've never seen him hit a, hit a receiver for more than, you know, a 30 yard pass, not a 30 yard pass and catch, but just a straight up 30 yard pass. That was, I was really impressed. And to see how well that helped their offense, the deep fall threat was never there with Alex Alex Smith prior to this, and I really got to say, Patrick Mahomes sitting in the in the uh, in the dry, or in the passenger seat right behind uh, Alex Smith for the backup QB, that 
might have lit a little fire under his butt this offseason when they went and drafted him. And I, I think it's a smart move by the Chiefs. You never know how how much longer Smith has in this league. Um, but, you you know, to have that backup and take the Patriots mentality, essentially bring him in, develop him, and, sh- you know, show sneak peeks of him. And, and who knows, quarterback might go down. They'll trade you a whole, you know, the whole loot just to get him. Um so I, I think that really lit, uh, lit a fire under Alex Smith, and I really uh, it, that was an enjoyable offense to watch this past weekend. And along with that, to go it, basically in the same lines, that Viking Saints game, twenty nine to nineteen, uh, win for the Vikings. Uh, Sam Bradford. I don't think we've ever seen Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford played that well since he left Oklahoma. He was he was a really good quarterback in Oklahoma, and to see him play. That amazing, and and again, he's a check down quarterback. He is your Mr. Game Manager. He's not going to ever lose it for you, but he's never going to win it for you. And we saw a different side of him. It passes twenty yards, thirty yards, forty yards. I've never seen Sam Bradford do something that like quite like that, and you know, be successful with it. Um, I I was really impressed, and that was again, that was another fun offense to watch, and it really helped having that deep ball threat. Having to force those those second the secondary of the Saints and of the Patriots to to you know truly respect what's behind them the field to play behind them and not just be able to cheat up and you know anticipate the the short throws and and you know take it interception back to the house or being able to cheat up and be there to prevent you know any run beyond five yards that's you know it was really key I think in in both of those victories to those two teams. And, you know, credit Andy Reid, and he's always been one that has been very uh, innovative and flexible and constantly changing his, you know, game planning. And I hope that he continues, excuse me, continues down this road with Alex Smith. The Vikings, they don't have that power run game like they, you know, like they had with Adrian Peterson. And they said, fine, you know, look, we're not going to have that. We'll, we'll, we'll forfeit that. And we're going we're gonna to try something new. They've tried it. We'll see if it continues to work, and I, I really think it will. I think the the Chiefs and the and the Vikings will continue to show improvements within this area. Uh, if you to see them click like this in Week One, it, it only you know shines light for for them to get better, right? Uh, the Ravens, uh, the Ravens and Bengals. I'm not going to go and praise the Ravens here on this victory. It was a great win, twenty to nothing over the Bengals. I'm going to discredit. Or well, I'm going to put the blame, not discredit, but I'm going to put the blame on the Bengals. That was a just awful, awful performance out of offense, defense, special teams, everything. Lubby Smith might be, you know, done out of there, gone out of there at the end of this year. Um, that was just, that was a terrible. And and Andy Dalton, I think, has basically written, you know, written himself off. Now he's not good enough to to win in this league and to get constantly to the playoffs and lose in the first round every year with the offensive skill that they've had in the past it it kind of falls on the quarterback at that point and so I I really don't Dalton's done I think the Bengals I'm going to retract my statement from last week I will gladly tell you I was wrong about the Bengals um yeah no they looked really bad and another team that looked just as bad as them were the Houston Texans. 29 to 7 they lost. They had 
two turnovers in the first half, sacked uh, the Tom Savage six times in the first half. Halftime, they bring in uh, Deshaun Watson. The offense had a little spark to it, but not a whole lot there. Not anything to be really proud of. Uh, Watson went 12 for 23, 102 yards, one TD, one interception. Nothing really to brag about there. Um, the defense was supposed to be the saving grace for the Texans this year. The defense looked terrible. And I understand they had a lot of injuries. They had uh, two, their uh, backup and their starting tight end go down. They had Cushing taken out for a concussion. They had a corner go out for a wrist. And I, mean, I understand they had injuries. But, man, without Vince Wilfork there in the middle of that defensive line and taking away some distraction from J.J. Watt, oh, oh, it looked bad. Clowney was non-existent on the field. It was it was a horrible, horrible performance and very hard to watch. And I, I'm, I root for the Texans. I hope they do well. I'm not, but I'm not a fan of the Texans necessarily. But it was still, just as a, as a fan of football in general, watching those Bengals and watching the Texans, oh, they were, it was just hard football to consume and just to sit there and, and have them shove it down your throat, and it was just ter- it was terrible. Hey, but there's a bright side to it. <laughs> They're playing <laughs> this Thursday night. So that'll be, uh, that'll be very interesting to see who comes out, and it's going to be just – it's going to be a god-awful game. So um, – Going into the college world now, we saw Clemson versus Auburn. Clemson won 14-6. to That was a really good game. Auburn, I think, is better than what – and they were getting the praise in the rankings, and they, they got the praise in the rankings when they didn't drop this past week. But um, they, they played really, really tough football in a very, very tough um, game and in a very tough environment to go out and go play at. Um, I was very impressed by Auburn in, in that um, I think they have a legitimate chance of potentially beating Alabama. We saw Alabama opening week, big win against, um, oh, drawing a blank there on that one, Florida State. There we go, against Florida State. But uh, I, I, I'm not as impressed as I thought I would be with their offense and um, their defense is still their defense, and it's going to be a, a low-scoring game when they play at the, at the end of the year. But I think Auburn, out of the SEC uh, West, has the best opportunity to beat Alabama this year. LSU, there's still way too many question marks uh, on the offensive side of the ball, and the uh, defense is young, very young, and, and not quite, I don't think, quite ready for uh at Alabama caliber team, you know, for, for a full 60 minutes. So Georgia, Notre Dame, Georgia, you're winning the, you're winning the East out of the SEC. That was an awesome game to watch Notre Dame. Ah, that was, that was just, it was a hard fought game by both sides, but praise Georgia on, on the fact that they went up there and, and played in a very, very tough place to go on the road and get a win 20 to 19, Notre Dame had a chance at the end of the game. Uh, unfortunately, they couldn't They couldn't get into field goal range. But that was a really fun game to watch. The two bigger ones, Oklahoma and Ohio State. Uh, Oklahoma won 31-16. Baker Mayfield showed why he is an actual uh, threat and why he is uh, potentially the Heisman Trophy winner. Lamar Jackson had a really good weekend uh, game this past weekend against uh, North Carolina. 
and I did pick North Carolina as a potential upset. I didn't say they were going to upset them. It was a really good game until about six minutes left in the fourth quarter, and you could just see that North Carolina was gassed. But Oklahoma did the same thing to Ohio State. Ohio State looked it was a close game, very close game, all the way up to halftime. And then when they came out, half of the third quarter, you could kind of see the momentum shifting into Oklahoma's favor. And then the rest of the game, Ohio State just looked unconditioned and out of shape and, and not prepared for, for a full four-quarter, you know, grind to, or, you know, nose to, nose to the sand. What's that saying, Dick? Nose to the sand? I don't know. It's one of those things. A very, very hard-fought game. They did not look prepared for that. And uh, Ohio State, I, I, questionable on whether they can actually win the Big Ten. So we'll have to see there on that one. But uh, Oklahoma, I think the Big 12 is yours. I think you've got that one wrapped up. Uh, Baylor had an embarrassing loss to UTSA this past weekend. And we were I was at my other job, and we were watching it. And uh, one of the girls up there said, no, there's no way Baylor's going to lose this game, yada, 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 before the game started. And then they went up and they lost 17 to 10 to UTSA Roadrunners. For a lot of you out there that, you know, you're probably like, who the heck is UTSA? And I, or if you know who UTSA is, you probably didn't know they had a football team. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, the other one, uh, the other big game from this last weekend was Stanford versus USC. USC uh, delivered a very strong statement, a 20, or 42 to 24 victory over Stanford. Stanford, again, just did not look prepared to play a 60-minute game and to battle the whole way through. Uh, USC, with um, with their quarterback, uh, Sam Darnold, nice. it was a nice win for USC. Sam Darnold went 21 for 26, 316 yards, four TDs, the two interceptions. To hop into the, the reactions, uh, the overreactions, and uh, the rightful reactions, if you will, uh, USC, better than Alabama, Overreaction, big time overreaction. You're going to see USC play Texas, and just because Texas is a big name, Texas is not good, guys. USC and Texas is playing at USC. USC is going to just slaughter them, and it's not going to be a good game. Sam Darnold as a Heisman Trophy front runner? No, no, you don't go four two D. You don't go four TDs and two interceptions in a win. That Lamar Jackson looked way better than that, and even more so. Um, uh, the quarterback out of Oklahoma looked way better than that, and I would say the um, I would say probably Jackson is still your front runner right now at, at this moment in time since he is the reigning champion. Um, the overreactions from the NFL, uh, Jaguars are that good? I don't think so. I think that it was more the Texans are that bad. Now uh, Jaguars are probably front runners to win that division, the AFC South, but I don't think they're going to do anything serious in the playoffs or anything like that. But I think you have seen the Tom Coughlin influence uh, in the Jaguars organization and in the play on the on the field. They looked ready to play. The Texans, I don't know if it was Harvey or if they're just really that bad. I mean, their offensive line was horrible. And um, Savage had no time in the pocket, no protection at all. It was, it was piss poor there. Um, not an overreaction on the college side. Georgia and Oklahoma. Um, if any conference gets two, it might be Alabama and Georgia coming out of the SEC. But I think Oklahoma is going to come out of the uh, Big 12, and I think they're going to handle 
Oklahoma State with no problem. I think that's where we go there. The NFL, not an overreaction. Uh, the Saints running game needs to pick one and go with it as far as running backs. They've got Adrian Peterson, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara. They need to pick one, and they need to stick with it. That really hurt their offense, I think, big time. Um, the NFL was boring to watch this weekend. The product was very sloppy all weekend, all games. It was not as it was not the entertainment that I that it has been in the past. And the O line play in the league this past weekend was just pitiful. Uh, uh, minus a few offensive line like the Cowboys and various other ones, the majority of the offensive lines for each club was just absolutely awful this past weekend, and it made the it made the product very very unwatchable. Uh, two of those teams where it was just absolutely terrible were the Colts and the Texans. The Colts and the Texans need some major help. Getting Andrew Luck back is not going to help the Colts. There's way too much issue uh, problems on that on that squad that need to be addressed and taken care of long before you know rushing Andrew Luck back because rushing Andrew Luck back is not going to solve the problems. And I think that may be why you saw them hold back on you know bringing him back for Week One. And even, you know, potentially they were saying up to six weeks he's going to miss in the NFL. I think that's a smart move. Why bring him back just so he can get – it's like raising him for slaughter. It's like taking him out back and, and taking care of him like old Yeller. The kid's still young. Let him let him recover and try to do something. Try to do – go bring in, you know, the two fat boy motorcycle twin brother riders – and, and put them at your guard position because they could probably do a better job than that offensive line did. And then finally, the non-overreaction, the last one that I'm going to go to before we take a quick break. Uh, this Thursday night game between the Bengals and the Texans, Mikey and I were talking about it. That's going to be awful. That's going to be just a, a very bad game to watch. And uh, uh, the only interesting thing from it from the Texans side is who actually gets to start, whether it's Savage or, or, or Watson. Um, but I don't think it matters. Um, you have no time to throw the ball. You have no time to get the ball to your receivers. You have no offensive line to block for your running backs. Lamar Miller took a pounding in that loss against the Jags. Savage, Watson, it, they they all took a, just a brutal beating. And uh, I, I just, yeah, it's going to be a bad game to watch. And I'm very sorry that I have to say that, uh, you know, you Texans fans, you guys might be in for a long season. I really thought they were going to put something together better. So, all right, we'll be right back here on Lone Star Community Radio. You are listening to Jake from Sports Talk. I'm your host, Jake LaFleur. We'll be right back. Attention, movie lovers. The Ticket Stub is a new radio show servicing Montgomery County that is meant for you. The Ticket Stub is available live every Thursday at noon on FM 104.5 and 106.1, as well as anytime on IRLoneStar.com. Connor and Dick will let you know what's coming out in the theater, what is worth streaming, and what's going on in the world of film. The Ticket Stub, your home for movie talk. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out ourlonestar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. 
Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. All right, that was a quick 30-second break. Uh, I know I went a little long there in the last segment. There was a lot to get to and everything, and it was, you know, you get, you get talking. You get, you get Jake from Sports Talk talking about football. I, I can rant for hours on end. And I'm sure you guys don't want to hear that, and, you know, I know Dick doesn't want to hear that either. But the last quick, quick comment that I'm going to make, and you heard Mikey mention this during uh, the Mike's Like segment. I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. coming back to the Giants is going to make that big of a difference. Eli Manning had no time in that pocket. That's a, another one of those offensive lines that just did so poorly. No running game at all can get started behind that, and no passing game can get there. And, and then the other thing, too, is it, Brandon Marshall wasn't being doubled. Why wasn't Brandon Marshall getting targeted in that game? It, it, it was, And Eli just had no time to think or process anything. Um, so I... I Odell coming back will help, but I don't think it's the answer. It's not the solution to the problem. It's not going to make them a, a make them go fifteen and one on this year. No, it, it's they've got a lot of issues on the offensive line that they needed to address. But where I was surprised by the Giants was how well their defense played. Uh, their defense held them in that game for as long as they possibly could until it was. You know, like what Green Bay did to, the, to Seattle. They just wore down the defense, and there's only so much you can do. So, all right, before we go, and we haven't done this in a while, I like to, you know, end the show on a positive, funny note. And uh, and I, I've got a funny clip for you guys here. So, uh, the Lakers, as you know, were going through the tampering issue. The NBA found them guilty of tampering. Uh, at the time, uh, Pacers player Paul George and the NBA fined the Lakers $500,000. No draft picks taken, nothing like that. Just fined them $500,000. The best, the best part of all this was Magic Johnson uh, came out yesterday and gave kind of an explanation statement you know, to ESPN. And this video that we're going to play, if you're watching online, you'll actually see the video. If you're listening, you'll hear it. Um, it comes to us via ESPN and their sports center, Coast to Coast. And uh, I wanted to use this to end the show just due to how funny the uh, the explanation from Magic Johnson truly is. So listen in and enjoy. This tampering thing really got me hot. Mm -hmm. I don't work for the Lakers, right. but I felt like it was really petty. So talk to me about, in your way, because you're going to be professional about it, talk to me about when you heard the Pacers wanted the NBA to investigate you all for tampering, what was your first reaction? Well, you know, look, it's um, I, I feel good about what we've been doing with the Lakers. Uh, I knew that uh, in my heart that we had tampered with it, you know, but at the same time, uh, we were warned. We did cross a line that we shouldn't have crossed. And uh, so Adam Silver did his job, you know, and so I take full responsibility because I'm the president of basketball. And so um, this happened on my watch. It doesn't affect Jeannie Buss. She's done been an excellent boss. I love her to death. I, I love working for her. But uh, at the same time, you have to take ownership and accountability. And so I will do that. And did we? Would I all? Would I admit we did something wrong? No, I would never admit that because we haven't. But at the same time, we have. What line <laughs> did you cross? Well, so, I think it's just. The, you know, so as you hear there, Magic going in and saying. Uh, <laughs> 
saying that, oh, yeah, you know, we we crossed the line. We've tampered with, you know, something we shouldn't have tampered. And, you know, I was just playing a joke and, and it was all kind of fun and games until, you know, it, it, we did something wrong. And, and Adam Silver did his job and and he fined us appropriately. Uh, but we'll never I'll never admit I did something wrong because I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> Uh, just, you know, the, the comical factor of having to walk yourself back out of basically saying, yeah, we did something wrong and we got fined for it, but I'll never admit to it. It's classic, classic uh, sports NBA talk right there. So, all right, guys, thanks for tuning in this uh, this week for another edition of Jake from Sports Talk here on Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to tune in every week at Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m. here on 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Thanks for checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. If you enjoyed this recording, make sure to check out our past shows online at IRLoneStar.com or their respective video or podcast formats on YouTube, Google Play, or iTunes. If you have any questions regarding the show, either it being about sponsorships or questions for the host, contact the station manager at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936-647-3776. This show was recorded in downtown Conroe, Texas at the Lone Star Community Radio Studio. And Lone Star Community Radio reserves all rights to this recording and images.